Robert speaking. Robert, Merry Christmas, Happy Independence Day, Happy Veterans Day, Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hi, Ed, Ted. How are you today? Thank you so much. Happy Merry so Christmas to you. Stupid. I'm squirming in freedom. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us at Sonic Perspectives. I truly appreciate it. And I appreciate you seeking the uh, celebration of my beloved music and sonic bombast and middle finger on fire celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy talking to you. We've spoken many times uh, throughout the years on your releases. And uh, I'm excited for this new release, Detroit Muscle. How long has it been completed and was it written during the pandemic? Well, we went in the studio in the swamps of Michigan at my barn with these hard floors and a lot of dead wildlife on the walls and hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammo and firepower beyond Uncle Sam and bows and arrows and, and dogs and, and just a lot of fire and passion and piss and vinegar and, and Greg and Jason and I are so horny to unleash our musical beast dreams that it was really, it was, it was you know, I, I'm always excited, you've noticed that yeah. celebrate that but when you're forced not to unleash your musical dreams by the communist chinese that infest our government um there's uh there's a horniness factor that is unprecedented <laughs> in my life and the beast was clawing at the door to get out so we went in the studio in june and within days Wow. We were done, and I didn't write these songs. I I jammed, and they. I don't write songs. I ejaculate them. I just <laughs> grab a guitar, and these killer grinds and grooves and patterns and themes happen. I mean, I did it just an hour ago. I came in from uh, shooting my bow, and I shot a crow with my twenty-two at 100 yards. That's very inspiring. Yes. That's the marksmanship right there. Yes. And the dogs retrieved it, so I could be more happy with a primal moment ah maybe that's the secret it's not a secret and there's no maybe about it i live such a primal down to earth dirty hands bloody hands bloody knives hunting killing tracking gutting skinning butchering it is so raw the way i live it's so real it's so pure it, it really is pure yep. the way i live connected to the earth Mm -hmm. When I come in my man cave cuckoo's nest, and it, it happened this morning, it's just, it's just outrageous. <laughs> I pick up the bird land through these amps that I'm always experimenting with, and these killer, brand new patterns and noises and grooves and guitar theme lines. And it, it, it happens every day, and those guitar movements have a cadence that calls for an image it, 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 I just I have it, 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 it inspires an image uh, the, like the American campfire when do you hear this song like come and take it take it I mean what else would you sing to that um, in these volatile political times when the government wants to trample upon your God given individual rights maybe you want to invite him to try it you pricks anyhow um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a passion and a fire there and a beautiful thing called defiance the most important thing in the world and I, I just capture these moments and I, I show them to Greg and Jason you, you just can't believe how good these guys are they just immediately 
embrace and become one with the guitar pattern. And then I start singing. I don't even write words. I start singing. And then after I sing, I, then I go back and write what I say. It really, it's really unique. I know it's unique, but it gets because, and I use the word pure, which most people wouldn't use because it's not applicable very often. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're... I think what Kyle Rittenhouse did was pure. I think a mother feeding and caring and nurturing and loving a child is pure. I think an emotional upheaval of pain and heartbreak and tears around a gravesite of a loved one, that's pure. Um, What I do every day is so raw and pure that what could be a more important ingredient for a killer rock and roll song. You don't think Little Richard was raw and pure, do you? I mean, of course he was. <laughs> and so, and so the best stuff just, just, it just erupts. And Jason and Greg, I cannot rave enough about these guys. You guys, you guys got to interview those guys. And then to have a guy at the controls like Michael Lutz, the author of Smoking in the Boys Room from Brownsville Station, and Tim and Andy paddling. You got to. I wish you could be in the room with the six of us. Awesome. You'd, you'd just you'd just be so happy if you love unadulterated, uninhibited, flame-throwing, grinding music. And that's what we did every song. And I got to tell you, I go from a Wango Tango to a Fred Bear. That's quite a spread. Mm-hmm. And on this one, I went from Detroit Muscle and a song. When you hear the song Feedback Grind Fire, you are going to be so awesome. happy. It's more intense than Wango Tango. What an outrageous claim that is. And it's true. When you hear Feedback Grindfire, not only that, but what a great title. Uh, I just started screaming, Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me all your wildest dreams. Give me some Feedback Grindfire. Tell me what all of this means. Did it feel good? Did it feel right? Did I set your soul on fire? Did you fall in love? Did you live your dreams? Give me some feedback. Grind fire! <laughs> awesome. I love it, Ted. Everybody just, their eyes got huge. And Greg is just pounding like an in. Wait till you hear these songs. I'm so excited. So my point is, I go from feedback grindfire and Detroit muscles of flamethrower. The song "Born in the Motor City" flamethrower. The song called "Driving Blind." It's like a a, a, a jazz blues rhythm and blues masterpiece, if I do say so myself. That would happen in a black speakeasy in Detroit, 1957, where the Funk Brothers would show up and they would just just grind and we. We captured that purity. Wait till you hear the instrumental winter, spring, summer, fall. Wait till you hear these songs. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, said, it, 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 I mean, you got to love Come and Take It, even if you could give a rat's ass about the political statement. It, it really is. I think it's universal when somebody thinks that they can control you. You say, yeah, well, give it a shot, asshole. I, I love give it. it, give, it a, give it a give a shot, control of my life. I dare you. So it doesn't matter whether you're into guns or not. It's about freedom overall, however you live freedom. Nobody can take it away from you. So that's why there's fire in that song. And that fire is throughout the record. And also, I got to tell you, I lost my brother John last year. And I, I can't get over it. I'm sorry. And 
and the song Leave the Lights On is it's it's an ode to that heartbreak and wow. it's so and again it's so pure it's so beautiful but it's it's raw and I, I, I just I if you if you believe in classic rock you're gonna love this son of a bitch I, I, I'm excited I, I heard the first single uh, come and take it and it's a, really a great unapologetic challenge to all those who want to revoke the first and the second amendment why is that so important now than ever before to, to it's speak never been so threatened unless it is right now not since Concord Bridge not since King George not since the punk ass tyrants in Australia right now and America would not be America without those God-given individual rights that the Founding Fathers wrote down to be guaranteed by the sacred document, the Constitution. I mean, I'm not a scholar, but I sound like one because that's scholarly stuff. It's great. We have the right to speak our mind. We have the right to choose a religion or not to. We have the right to be secure from government intrusion. I don't need. I don't need the First Amendment to know that. You know that. Mm-hmm. I do. You were born. You were born with that. The king can't come and take your daughter and your firewood and your chickens. The king can't come and, and rape and pillage your village. You need to kill that son of a bitch. That's what it's about, and these and this punk ass in the in the White House. I mean, what a horrible chapter for America! That such evil, such communism, such tyranny, such dictatorship exists in the United States government. I I, I challenge those punks, and they know it. And I'm not afraid to say so. In fact, you should listen to my recent Joe Rogan interview. I will. I condemn those bureaucrat punks, and I I think it's a great sentiment, and um, you know, you're like you mentioned, your songs have always been pure and honest in nature. Um, and sometimes people don't always want to hear that. How do you always find ways to incorporate those type of messages into your lyrics? Yeah, again, it's stream of consciousness. I, when you're clean and sober as long as I have been, which is forever, um, everything works good together. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying it wouldn't, not just because it's me, but no matter who would be clean and sober all their life and revere their gifts from God and then challenge them and, and, and exercise them and seek maximum application of those gifts, that you, you, like I said, I don't write songs, I pick up the guitar and things happen. Mm -hmm. Wait till you hear the song American Campfire. Holy God. And it's where everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. That's my life. Right, right. We'll gather around children. The party is on. Family and friends are here. Pull up a stump. Set yourself down. I'd like to buy you all a beer. Because everybody <laughs> loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? I didn't write that. I live that. <laughs> and and, the, and the, the magic, the miracle, is that the cadence and rhythm of those lyrics came out of the guitar pattern. I mean, like cat scratch fever. I mean, how do you not marry that? Right, right. And, and, I, and again, I don't... I, you can't be a samurai if you're thinking. And, and I, you, I'll finish the sentence. You can't be a 
samurai if you're thinking about it. You have to have practiced and dedicated yourself to such a degree. You can't look at the guitar neck and think where your hands should go. They have to go on their own. Yep, I agree. I shoot my bow and arrow every day, and I don't shoot the arrow. I am the fucking arrow. Awesome. There's, there's a martial arts mountaintop capability in all of us. I believe, and this is this is a wild fucking statement. I'm real good with wild fucking statements. <laughs> but I got to tell you, you know, Robert, there is a Bruce Lee in all of us. I'm convinced of that. But there is not the dedication and sacrifice and risk-taking in all of us in the fore, in the forefront of our lives, to find the Bruce Lee in us. Mm -hmm. I, number one, I'm aware of that mountaintop, and I diligently and, and maniacally seek that elevation every day in everything I do. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I don't attain it because I'm human and we're, we're, we're frail. We really are. We don't have to be. And I'm not very frail in the world of humans. I'm probably pretty tough in the world of humans. <laughs> um, just the stuff I did today. I mean, I changed the chainsaw stuff and wrenched my truck. But uh, there are people that are much stronger and and, and clever and smarter and uh, 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 samurai than I am. But at least I'm aware that it exists and I pursue it. Yep. You understand? I do. I do. And, and as a journalist, you can be the Bruce Lee of journalists. True. Um, and I, I think I think maybe you are, Robert. Um, but but that's how I live my life, and I don't beat myself up. I don't you know get heartbroken if I don't get to the mountaintop because I know I'm human. And I stumble, but I always reference the man in the arena, in the swirling dust of dreams and, and aspirations. And we stumble. Well, immediately get back up. Dust yourself off and never lose sight of that dream, no matter how impossible you think it might be. In fact, stop thinking that it's impossible. Know that it is possible well, we're getting pretty deep into psychology here yeah but you know i'm right yep it's the power of positive thinking you got to think it all yes right. it's so simple even stupid guitar players can figure it out <laughs> you know ted i've been a fan of yours since the seventh grade 1977 grew up listening to all your music seen you countless times and you are never stopped writing music it's wonderful and the fans really appreciate it what is your rationale for not stopping? Because so many bands I grew up with have given up on it, and they just want to be a trivia act. Uh, you know, again, I know that, that question was answered since you and I started this. But and I, and I I'm not, I'm not evading, avoiding it or evading it. But I live such a diverse life. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I, I live as primal as man can be, unless you live in the Sahara or. Botswana. Yeah. <laughs> I know those people. They're still wiping their ass with their hand. I'm not going that far. <laughs> and I'm not knocking that. Well, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not. I'm not condemning it or being um, uh, hateful about it. I, I, I'm just acknowledging 
that there is a primalness that um, doesn't have to abandon hygiene. <laughs> uh, but, but short of wiping my ass with my hand, uh, I am I am down and fucking dirty. Mm-hmm. I I've killed sixty eight whitetails this year with my bow. I I stealthily strategized an ambush. That's primal. Yeah. I have to I have to know the wind. I have to know where the sun comes through the leaves so that it doesn't hit me or the deer will see me. I've killed those deer with a sharp stick. That's primal, man. That's like the year one. And I track that blood. That's primal. Yep. And I found that deer. And I dragged that deer and I gutted that deer and I washed out that carcass and cavity. And I took the guts out, and I kept the heart and liver, that's delicious. And I took the guts out for the vultures and the crows and the varmints. And I'll probably shoot them too. (laughs) 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 It's called the the cycle of life. I'm the master of the cycle of life. And, And then I hung that animal with reverence. So the enzymes break down, it becomes ultra palatable. The best food in the world. Then I skin it. I make sure there's no hair on the meat. I can you imagine the minutia that I live? Do you know anybody else that does anything close to this? No. No. So when I pick up the guitar, (laughs) there's gonna be some animal sounds coming out, brother. (laughs) And, And by the way, let's not be let's be sure we don't avoid the obvious here. Those procedures I just mentioned qualify as pure. Mm-hmm. They are as natural as breath. And think of the numbnuts that are so distanced and disconnected from that life function that I just outlined who condemn me and hate me because I do purest of life. It's Robert. It's phenomenally stupid. Mm -hmm. Because what I do is some of the last perfect things man can do for better environment, a better world, a healthier nature, a healthier family, a healthier lifestyle. And those perfect things are viciously hated and condemned by the worst people in the world because you, you, you have to really work on it to be that dumb. Yeah, I agree. I so, agree. so again, I, 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 I know that in my, my never-ending interviews, I, the Joe Rogan, my recent Joe Rogan one, is setting records. And many people who, uh, Nugent's a coward for murdering innocent animals. Well, then they listen to me and they go, wait a minute. That makes sense. Yes. Wait a minute. I've been wrong. Nugent's doing the right thing. Maybe I should. And I got to tell you, I don't know what the numbers are. I think it's in the thousands. (laughs) That I've turned people who hated me for killing animals, I've turned them into gung-ho hunters. (laughs) Because... With a little, just a slight opening of the mind, a smart, honest, 
brow will furrow, their eyes will slightly wince, and they'll go, damn it, he's right. I've had it happen. You go to my Facebook. You go to Joe Rogan's. He says he's never got so many responses from people that go, I thought dude was a complete asshole. Then I really listened. I, I kind of learned my lesson. He, he made perfect sense. It wasn't even his opinion. It's nature. It's science. So, so that, that, and by the way, that supreme cockiness that I just shared with you, um, that goes into my guitar playing. Yep. I'm a, I'm a defiant son of a bitch. And if you're stupid, I'll have fun with you. And that fun will come out with a song like Stranglehold. Yeah. That's what that, by the way, that's what that song's about. When I, when I, and I did on the Joe Rogan interview, I articulated the each word, each lyric of Stranglehold. And it's about the industry that turned on me. And here I come again now, baby, like a dog in heat. Well, that, what I mean is I'm an animal playing this killer guitar, and you can de- you can decline a contract for my music, but I'm still here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I go on with each lyric, and it was about me having confidence because the people gave me that confidence every night. Yeah. Those people aren't cheering and going berserk and demanding encores because the song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're, we are so thrilled that you continually pull out, put out music. I mean, I think it's really important to your fans, your long fans like myself, who've been fans since 1977. We love it and we appreciate it. And I love you and I love and I appreciate it more than you do because guess, guess who the biggest fan of all is? Me. Yeah. Because you know what I am, Robert? I'm you. I love music. Yep. I love the emotion, the outrage, the, the intensity, the uppityness, the, 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 the groove, the sound, the pounding of the drums and the bass and the soaring guitar and the smart-ass cocky vocals and, and the sincere, you know, loving vocals. I love it all. Yep. I'm, I'm you. Yep. I am my fans. I, I'm playing for us. And so, as long as I have this passion, which, by the way, is there a more important gift in life for happiness than having a passion for what your pursuits are? True. Very true. It's really true, Robert. I mean, so so thank you for thanking me, but I'm not going <laughs> to stop here. I love this shit. <laughs> are you going to be, uh, are you going to be, I know you got a little ways to go before the album comes out. It comes out April 29th. Are you going to be going on a tour before or after? What's your thoughts on that? We're making up for the heartbreak of losing the 2020 and the 2021 tour. And people are still holding on to the tickets. Like, God bless yeah. you all. I love you all madly. But Jason and Greg and I are horny for our playing this music. And we're going to come out like a herd of thunder chickens uh, in, in <laughs> July, August, uh, June, July, and August next summer. And I can't wait. That is excellent. Did you do a tour, just a, a show a couple of days ago? Did I hear that right? Yeah, I do. I do an occasional jam session here in Waco with some killer guys. Yeah, how'd that go? John, yeah, John Kutz, J-O-N-K-U-T-Z, and Johnny Big on bass guitar, just monsters. They're like Greg and Jason. These guys are just world-class virtuosos that there's not an industry to appreciate them. I am 
appreciate them. So we get together at this little hall in Waco. We do what we call the Ted Nugent Crazy Speakeasy. And we just rock. We play all my classics. Well, not all of them. We've been up there for four days. But we play all, you know, just assorted Nugent classics from Motor City Madhouse and Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Dang, Stranglehold, Cat Scratch Fever. The music made me do a crave. Um, Good Friends in a Bottle of Wine. We played American Campfire the other night. We played Come and Take It. We played Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall, the beautiful instrumental from the new album. Uh, and, And we played Chuck Berry and James Brown and Bo Diddley songs and some Stone songs and some old blues masterpieces. So, so the music and the the primal thrust of that music is still alive and well. And that, by the way, the other night the Ted Nugent Greasy Speakeasy was Ted Nugent Rock and Roll Night number six thousand seven hundred sixty six. So awesome, awesome. Yep. You know, so many venues, Ted. Um, are making you show your vaccination card in order to get in. When you do go on tour, what's your thoughts with that? Are you not going to play venues like that? Or is it, you know, what? where do you see yourself going with it? I hate Nazis. I hate tyrants. I hate dictators. I hate kings and emperors. I hate both violators. And I will not ever comply with that kind of evil control. Uh, Like Eric Clapton said, if you have limitations and force these, the joke of masking and the evil of showing papers, I'm not playing there. Okay, got it. Good point, Ted. Good point. I'm going to ask you another, I'm going to ask you a question about one of your favorite topics, guns. What do you make of Alec Baldwin with his new comment saying that he never pulled the trigger on the gun that shot that poor girl? But he just pulled the hammer back. You're the expert, my expert in guns. What's what's your thoughts? Well, I, I've been handling guns all my life, so yep. I'm glad you asked that because I'm just so let down. Of course, who can't be let down by everything in the media? Mm-hmm. But not one interviewer has really asked pertinent questions. Now, there are some single-action firearms, the single-action revolvers from the old cowboy days where the trigger accomplishes a single action and that means you have to manually thumb the hammer back and then the trigger only drops the hammer now the technology advanced shortly after that to double action which means the single stroke of the trigger both cocks and fires the gun these were cowboy guns they were single action there is a time in firearms history where some single action cowboy type revolvers could be fired by just dropping the hammer. You see some of the cowboys where they fan the hammer. Yeah, yeah. And immediately fire 18 rounds from a six-shot revolver. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, So I own those guns. I shoot those guns. I train with those guns. So it is conceivable that the hammer was drawn back, and before it locks into back position, if you let go of it, it will drop. And before they integrated the safety bar mechanism that keeps the hammer hammer away from the firing pin of the cartridge. Are you still with me? Yes, totally. And there's a safety bar that was implemented so that a dropped hammer could not fire the gun without the trigger pulled. Maybe that 
that's the gun that was there. I don't know. I don't trust Alec Baldwin. He's a horrible human being. He has actually made fun of shooting accidents, and he tried to attribute the evil of a school mass shooting to the good families of the NRA. So we know that he is a soulless punk. Great actor, but a horrible person. Right, right. Here's the only thing that matters, Robert. He was pointing the gun at a human being. Blanks or not, right? You don't do that. It doesn't, nothing else matters. I hope you emphasize that there's only gun law needed, only one gun law needed on planet Earth, and that law is as follows. You never point a weapon at anything you're not willing to destroy. I don't care if you think it's empty. I don't care if you think it's a fake gun. You, he was pointing it at a human being, and he killed that human being. He is guilty. Wow. So sad. So, so sad. So sad. And by the way, I condemned him. I'm condemning him clearly and unambiguously. But you know how I opened up my spirit campfire after that event? I, I offered prayers for Alec Baldwin hmm. because as nasty as a man that he is and as negligent as he was. By the way, there's no such thing as a gun accident. There's no such thing as a gun accident. No gun has ever fired itself. Got it. True. There is only firearms negligence. A human was pointing the gun at something he was not willing to destroy, and he destroyed it. Yep, I so I offered prayers to Alec because even for nasty, horrible people, we pray that he gets through what he, the trauma he is going through, self-inflicted, as it may, but we still hope for his sanity. We hope, we hope he gains his sanity back in jail, and he pays the price for his negligence, but we still pray for him because can you can you even begin to imagine what your mind would be pummeled with oh, yeah. if you killed somebody? Oh yeah, brutal, brutal. So I'm that kind of guy. I'm empathetic. I condemn the condemnable, but I also pray for individuals who are experiencing pain and suffering and. I hope he's experiencing pain or suffering because he did a horrible thing. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, do you think, and you're, the, you're far more of an expert than I'll ever be, do you think she could have been killed by a blank, like a piece of lead coming out of the blank, or is that really impossible? Do you think it was I real believe, bullet? I, I, in my Miami Vice episode, um, I used a uh, prop gun. Yeah. And here's a little fascinating story. Of course, all my stories are fascinating. <laughs> True. Um, the prop gun I used in Miami Vice in 1984, 84-85, happened to be a brushed nickel, uh, stainless steel, uh, Taurus 9mm, semi-automatic. Well, as I went to the set each day, guess what was in my holster? A real Taurus brushed nickel, stainless steel, 9mm automatic. That's confusing. <laughs> well... Because they showed me the prop gun, I immediately, went, as I entered my trailer each day, I completely disassembled my pistol. 
and, and stored the spring in one pocket and the magazine in a suitcase and the slides somewhere else and the frame somewhere else so that never there was could be a, a possibility of mixing them up. And on a semi-automatic prop gun, it's incapable of firing around because the barrel is actually blocked to allow the reap the percussion of the oh. the fake round to cause the slide to come back to chamber the next one. Uh, that's that's the semi-automatic uh, technology. Yeah. Now, uh, it, it, unfortunately, uh, Bruce Lee's son, I think it was Brandon Lee. Yeah. Um, I believe he was killed with a, what they call a squib round, which is a blank, because in some uh, uh, movie firearms. The, the barrel is a real barrel so that it allows the the sparks and the, the, the smoke to come out to keep things looking real. Right, right. But I'm going to go back to my, my, my Vice moment for a moment. I made sure that even when I had shootouts on Miami Vice, I didn't point it at anybody. I pointed it to the side, even though I knew that the barrel was incapable of a projectile. Yeah, yeah. That's my training. I, I train constantly. I shoot constantly. I enjoy it. Marksmanship is a great discipline. It's against your nature. So, it's probably against your nature to point it at somebody, right? It's just like you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, it's, it's my nature. I, 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 it's impossible. By sticking it in your mouth. Loaded, I've never <laughs> pointed towards anything and not willing to destroy. Right. Not to be confused with the crow I shot this morning. Uh, <laughs> My point is, is that um, there are some prop guns that have a real barrel and the squib slash blanks do throw um, something, not not a bullet, not lead, but maybe a a a, 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 a little. I, I can't, the, the, the term evades me for a moment, but there is a uh, a, a, a little pocket. That, that holds the powder to mm -hmm. allow the, the sparks and the, the smoke to come out to be, keep it realistic looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I believe that Brandon uh, Lee was killed with that oh, wow. uh, that column. Terrible. And uh, it, it's happened, I think, three or four times in the history of uh, movie and television making. And again, it's, it's where are you pointing it? You just don't point it at living things unless it's a real-world self-defense situation. Such a terrible scenario. Such as uh, for whatever you think about a human being, it's still a terrible situation, right? It's just it, yes. I don't care if I hate the living right, hell out right. of Right, still terrible. Um, the poor woman. I, I know that there's pain and suffering. He's got family, and it the whole family is suffering. And of course. Nowhere near as much as the dead girl's family is suffering. Right, right. Um, but, but again, I, I, I have empathy for all suffering. Yep. Uh, maybe not the, the Japanese uh, slaves after they bombed Pearl Harbor. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Um, but in, or the Nazis, uh, when we killed them to, to halt the genocide, um, it, it, or the or the perpetrators of evil against Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't feel sorry for those punks. Um, evil should never be tolerated or, 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 or feel sorry for it. Um, here's, here's a good idea. Just don't be evil. <laughs> be a better person, right? You, yeah. Ted, I know I want to be respectful to your time. I want to ask you one more question, if that's okay. Sure. Um, what did you think of Eddie Van Halen when he when you first heard his playing? Because you guys came up around the same time. What was your thoughts, and did he influence you in any way in your playing? Well, you know, everything. People ask me.
finance forces are, is everything between train wrecks and short skirts. Um, and then just insert every possible side of music in there, especially guitars, right. from the Lock Max and the Dwayne Eddies and the Ventures, and, and certainly the uh, uh, Roy Clark at the Gibson Birdland, and you can name all the great guitar players. Um, certainly Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley are at the top of the heap. But yes, uh, Eddie Van Halen was a virtuoso. He was a gifted, mystical musician of unlimited creative expansions and adventure, and he was a nice man. Yeah, um, he was. They, a lot of people go, oh, the first Van Halen tour opened for Black Sabbath. No, the first Van Halen tour opened for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know why the industry pretends I didn't exist. Some, some gal on a TV show recently said, ex-rock star Ted Nugent. Oh, really? When did that happen? <laughs> just, just a bunch of idiots. How did I get such a kick out of it? Anyhow, uh, Eddie and I jammed. We jammed at the NAMM show a couple times, and we jammed backstage when they opened for me. And I was fascinated with his touch, his, his, his sonic expansion, and, 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 and uncharted uh, adventure that he brought forth from that just that simple instrument um and and, and he, he did influence me but everybody influenced me. i mentioned roy clark a minute ago and, you know somebody on hee-haw <laughs> which by the way for all you country fans out there here's a little tip for you hee-haw wasn't a documentary <laughs> anyhow um, so yeah from from roy clark to uh uh west montgomery to jimmy hendrix to eddie van halen and, and Billy Gibbons and everybody. I'm influenced by everything. Awesome, man. awesome, awesome. Ted, I love speaking with you. You're always so honest and prophetic. I really appreciate everything, and I cannot wait to see you when you come to New York or New Jersey this summer. I'll be there. Well, back at you. God bless you, Robert. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and I hope you are healthy and cocky and, and adequately defiant in this crazy world, especially where you live. Yeah. <laughs> you need a lot of defiance over there in New York and New Jersey. <laughs> well, thank so you, God Ted. Bless you. I love you for, for caring about my music and my life. Thank you for that, because I care about my music and my life. I care about you. I care about your life. I care about people. And when I hear your genuine intrigue and 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 and, and and, and, and honesty in the dialogue that we share, I, I just so cherish that. Thank you. Thank you. And Merry Christmas, Ted. I, I love you, too. Been a big fan since a kid. Well, God bless you, man. You, if you didn't start till 77, boy, you missed the first 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was only seventh grade. <laughs> well, God bless you, Robert. Live it up, man. I hope to talk to you soon. I hope to see you in the wilds of 2022. You will. You will, Ted. Have a good day. For all of our listeners, a reminder that Ted's new studio album, Detroit Muscle, is out April 29th, 2022. Also, remember this interview is available on several platforms, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course on our website and social media site. To close up, here's the first single from his album, Come and Take It. Come. 